The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Jason, I'm I'm sorry that I'm an hour late. Go on, it's fine. I'll allow it. I just I I really hurt my ankle, and I just didn't know if I was going to be able to make it to today's podcast. But um, you know, I I wanted to power through for the listeners and for you, and you know, for for everybody kind of out there. Chris, what I tell you about riding that bicycle? You knew it. Been- you knew you weren't strong on two <laughs> wheels like I am. It's. <laughs> It's been. It was. It was, luckily it was one of those very, very chic uh, electric bikes that you see people kind of scooting around New York in a Van Moof. Sure. I did get my Tom Sachs Nike lace caught in the pedal, and it kind of. Oh Jesus! You know what I mean? It kind of. I know. I wrapped my ankle up. So I'm sorry that I'm late, and I'm sorry to keep everybody waiting. I know it's a little chilly out there. I think it's going to be worth it, I, and I hope. You I mean, think it's the same it's thing. fine, I guess, but like. We could still do the ice skating bit, right? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we could still. I, I hope you have um, five to six Jersey Club remixes of How Long Gone kind of ready to, ready to go. Obviously, I do. <laughs> Obviously, you know that I do. You've been you've been beasting in the lab, uh, so I know you're ready to rock. <laughs> um, so if you could just kind of you could kind of play those while I kind of elevate while I while I rice my my ankle. <laughs> That'd be uh, that'd be that. No, that'd be don't, really helpful don't. Today. We don't. We don't subscribe to the rice method on this podcast. Movement heals us, Chris. Okay, movement is my ibuprofen. Okay, thank you, thank you, Huberman, once again for coming through with the good advice for the bod. But yes, I, I mean, I don't want to dwell on this too much. Um, but uh, your fa- that's false. Your favorite, um, Frank Ocean did bomb at Coachella, uh, and I can't say I'm not getting a little joy out of it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just, I just think that the, um, I saw somebody tweet today, (laughs) it was a retweet and it said, you know, Frank Ocean, uh, injury, uh, at Coachella, you know, prevented him from, from perform, blah, blah, blah. And, and the, the the retweet said, I'm heading to the gay excuses store. Does anybody need anything? (laughs) Which really made me laugh. Yeah, I saw, I did see that. That was a good one. Um, <laughs> and also, I, I saw some other people mentioning like, hey, you know, that's a cute excuse. You hurt your ankle. But, you know, many other performers, I think SZA's name was brought up. Like, she did a sim. you know, she hurt her ankle a couple of days before a show. She had to do the show in heels. Bro. Not like hospital slippers like Frankie did. Bro, bro. I mean, curse Dave Grohl is out there with a fucking full leg cast on. <laughs> playing playing fucking you know yeah but he has a i mean yeah dude frank should have made like a sick game of thrones style hip-hop seat for him like a hip-hop wheelchair yeah an emotional found object lo-fi trip-hop wheelchair (laughs) wheel him out lo-fi trip-hop wheelchair (laughs) (laughs) but also he was on stage doing anything but singing into a microphone 
he was moving, he was swaying, he was he wasn't necessarily doing a race Remmerd style no, 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 no. power glide, anything like that, but he was moving, he was on his feet. I didn't see any sign of injury. He wasn't doing yeah, I mean I the injury is obviously a lie. I mean I I don't think that anybody <laughs> What? I don't, no. I don't think anybody believes that Frank Ocean sprained his ankle. He doesn't like to perform. He clearly needed the, you know, five to six million dollars to fund his uh, jewelry operation. <laughs> and I think that's fine. I mean, I get it. Like take the check, but you gotta deliver. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't okay. doing something for doing something for the money is completely acceptable as long as you get it. Like these fans love this guy so much. He could have fucking laid in a sleeping bag with it zipped all the way up as long as he sang the songs. Yeah, but he couldn't even sing the songs, which is it's it's truly. And then there's this other line of thinking now that like he, you guys demand too much from artists. He's emotional about his brothers. I'm like, I don't care about any of that. Like, if you're getting paid $5 million to play for an hour, you go up there and you play for an hour for $5 million or you say no. I, what does this have to do with your brother? This has nothing to do with your brother. This has nothing to You have to kind of, you have to, I don't know. I mean, that's obviously sad, but that's not part of the equation when it comes to being paid to perform. Yeah, and when, when, when there are personal family emergencies in your life and real things that happen to you, that's a normal part of being a performer in the world, and all you do is say no to the performance. Yeah, it's a, it's very simple. That's all you have it's to very do. Simple. Is just if say you no. don't feel prepared to do it, then don't do it, and maybe spend a little less money on your architecture firm that hasn't. You know what I mean? That's it. I, I just don't. <laughs> it just doesn't. See, I don't understand. Like why? It's just so amazing how we kind of rewrite the rules depending on the person if we really like them. You know what I mean? And we all do it. We all like, I, all I will it. do it. You will yeah. do it. I'm not doing it for Frank Ocean, but I'm doing it for somebody. Yeah, you know? of course. And I just think it's like, you know, and I think it's pretty, I think it's amazing what the, the sacrifices and, and kind of um, blind eyes we are willing to turn for someone we love, yeah. uh, no matter what they do in the public eye. Yeah, I, I mean, I do sympathize for people who feel like they're pressured to perform when it's something that they really, really are uncomfortable doing. And that does suck. And I'm sure it's a thing that, you know, you could see every performer on stage at Coachella. Like I, I made a Ray Sherman reference. Like you could tell looking in the both of their eyes, they do not want to be up here lip singing their songs. They're not having a good time. They're only doing it for the money, but they also know like, Hey man, all I really have to do is lip sync my own music that I wrote for like 37 minutes and I'm going to get a check. You know, I'll, I'll buy a house with this money. Yeah, yeah. Just put on a smile and do it. There's a sea of people who love you and really want to sing along to your songs and create a magical moment for the rest of your life. And you and you just kind of get through it. And that's all. If, if you can't do that, just say no to the money. That's the thing. It's like we can't. I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, this is this is one of the, um, I have to say, one of the easiest jobs as far as work to pay ratio goes. Um, and I, I mm -hmm. think that that has to, I'm not saying it's not hard to do. Obviously, it is. And especially to do it well. But like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, how can you expect any regular person to feel any empathy towards you when they have to go to a regular job every day? It's insane. <laughs> it's like insane. You can't expect like there's no way to there's no way well, he might he might not expect any empathy. But the, the question that I saw being raised a little bit um, on the on the industry insider chats and discords is will he even be asked to come and perform week end two 
or is it a wrap and are they going to replace him with somebody if so who do you think it'll be i mean hopefully they replace him i mean i i would be like get out of here we'll give you even if even if it's even if they give him all the money because of the way the contract is structured like coachella should respect themselves enough to get this guy out of here after that monstrosity yeah you know uh, you know 50 percent kill fee get it done with write him a check for fucking four and a half and 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 just go and book fucking who I mean, who would be the the wise choice to replace him? I, I'm trying to think. Honestly, I hate I hate to say this, but I think you got to move Blink 182 into his slot. <laughs> no. I hate to say it, but I think I, I swear to God, dude, the only the the most positive. I mean, I saw a bunch of people being like Blink 182 sucks, which like of course they suck, but they're also good. <laughs> I don't know how to. I don't know how. I don't know what that means. And I don't know what I'm saying, but they suck and they're also good. It's 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 confounding to say the least. No, I mean, just like any of your favorite below deck Bravo television shows you know it sucks but also it good that's just what it is i'll say this i i don't care about blink 182 like I, I you know whatever it's it's there but those motherfuckers look like they were having the time of their lives <laughs> and that to me is is it, honestly they looked they looked truly like they were having a blast they, there's nowhere else they would rather be the fans were losing their fucking minds like that is uh, that is that's what you need from a headliner jason and like, you know, I, I if it's not Beyonce with like two hours of hits, we must have been watching a different performance, bro. They, I mean, they suck, but they look like they were having fun. <laughs> like the, I mean, the yeah, the fact that what's his name was singing into a fucking, he had so much auto tune, it sounded like a vocoder. <laughs> but like, yeah, 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 but it doesn't matter because it's it just doesn't matter. Like that's not everybody grew up with those songs, so it's like it kind of just works, you know. Not everybody. I think that's the issue here. Everybody that you and I know grew up with their songs. Everybody who's, you know, let's say 30 and up. But all the people at Coachella, you could see the energy. There's all these 19-year-old people there who are kind of like, oh, my dad listened to Blink-182. That's kind of cool, like classic rock vibes. And they're they're performing as if it's still 1996 and they're making these weird dad jokes that are like jokes about like farting and getting your dick sucked. And they're like 50 years old. And to me, the energy was was quite dark. And Travis Barker never looks like he's having fun. He has like severe onstage social anxiety. He's talked about that. And it was just two old guys making like the creepy uncle. Okay, would jokes. you rather watch and that then, or would you rather and singing with auto? Or would you rather watch Frank Ocean jump up and down with an Arteryx jacket on and slippers, not singing at all? That's the that's the unfortunately that's what we're dealing <laughs> with here. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying we don't have a great <laughs> option. You know what I mean? But I've I felt a little more joy in the hearts of of mark hoppus and tom DeLong than i did in the heart of frank ocean yeah well That's i mean you you know you've grown up listening to blink 22 and you openly despise frank ocean so that really comes as no surprise yeah but i don't care but i think blink well i also but i know blink 22 is bad like i don't i didn't grow up listening to blink 22 i grew up when blink 22 was popular mm -hmm. i think that's a better way to put it you know what i mean so it's just but i i understand what you mean but i also think that like the nostalgia factor is what festivals are built on, um, and it's it's a combination of algorithm and <laughs> it's algorithm and uh, and nostalgia. Those are the two factors that that get a band on the on the bill at a place like Coachella. Mm -hmm. So I think that like if you don't fit one of those two categories, then you're so you're so small on the flyer. I can't read your name. Well, the three 
out of the three headliners of Coachella, which one would be a nostalgia act? That's what I'm saying. Those are all algorithm. Okay. Those are all, okay. that's what I mean. Like, those are all algorithm because that's like the biggest slots to fill. Like, okay. So it's like you have that and then it's like, oh, here's the, the, the blonde redhead set yeah. or like whatever, you know, some old, old band, you know, Sonic Youth or something yeah, like totally. that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. They, they do all of it. And then there's like all the stuff in the middle that like, you know, is fine, but it's, it's been, it's been an interesting Sunday was a rough day. I mean, the, the love is blind finale was supposed to be live. It just never aired. <laughs> um, they the Netflix fucked up. I'm sorry. Um, so it was a, it was a tough, it was a tough day for me all around. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm glad that we're here and we're able to podcast today. Yeah. Bright and early on a Tuesday morning. I haven't had a chance to do any exercise yet, so I'm going to be coming at you with anxious energy. Hopefully our <laughs> guest is going to be okay with that. Oh, um, I think I haven't worked out my Tuesday scares yet, but let's, uh, <laughs> looks like, looks like our guest is here on the zoom. So why don't we take a break, pay a couple bills and come back with our guest, Jason Nosito. A, uh, a wonderful photographer that we are both fans of, and uh, we're lucky to have him on the show, so let's give him a zoom. Let's give him a jingle. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection, Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Say goodbye to swiping left on lackluster meals and swipe right for the one brand that will make your taste buds swoon. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef design recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions Speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, I like to chop myself, or quick microwave meals that are assembled in minutes, Home Chef has you and your entire family covered for delicious meals, witty options per week, and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. I'm keto now. Not only is it convenient, but it is also economical. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 Per month on groceries. Mamma mia. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering my listeners, our listeners, 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert faux life at homechef.com slash how long. That's homechef.com slash how long for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash how long must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. <laughs> How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step <laughs> to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long? All one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. 
Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com promo code how long. How long gone is brought to you by our dear friends at BetterHelp, Jason. BetterHelp. You know, the summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions, we were spent off, obviously off clock going through, you know, hotels, ferries, <laughs> car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me. And uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. So uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists. You get one that you really like. You guys are gossiping. You guys are chit-chatting. You guys are talking about your personal interests. Next thing you know, it's time to actually do the work. So it feels good building those uh, mental health relationships with people you actually like. And on BetterHelp, there are so many different therapists to choose from. I don't like anyone. If you're thinking of starting <laughs> therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash how long today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash how long. Nice. The video on this new iPad follows me. What do you mean? It's, like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that shit on like commercials for it. And it's like like grandparents talking to their kids on their iPad and it's moving with them. It's cool, but it's annoying for me why does that <laughs> what is the point of that is it just to make it more compelling to the person you're conversing with like what is the idea well i mean it, it actually like looks cool but fuck if i know i think the idea is they figured out they can do it so we're gonna do it yeah it's like a cool th a cool <laughs> yeah, thing sure, that we could sure, sell sure. and also you know it's amazing. i think <laughs> from what i've seen on commercials it's it's usually like grandkids talking to the grandparents and the grandparents who are sort of like ah, why do i use point this thing i don't know where you know like who don't know how to use it it's just yeah, like, it's like Whoa. yeah it's like grandma proof yeah, like so is this thing on yeah type of energy you know i didn't know you were an ipad guy you want to kind of explain yourself yeah i mean like i bought i i got i walked in the store to buy a pen for my old ipad that i had for a long time and then all of a sudden, I was buying a new iPad and trading in the old iPad that was worth a hundred dollars. So <laughs> you got a nice little credit. You got a nice little credit. Wouldn't even buy you the pin. But wouldn't I even love, buy you the pin if I you love wanted to. It. I love it. It's corny, but I love it. It's like kind of. Do you think this is? Do you think this is partly because you're a father and the iPad is such a big part of child rearing? No. Okay. <laughs> do you bring the iPad to Dallas barbecue so the no. little kid can have something to? Okay. Okay. I've never been. I've never been. I've never been to. Yeah. No. But no. I just like it's easier than getting on my laptop. Yeah. I, no. I, I feel like I'll be there sooner than later. It's cool. But you do use it to edit photos and stuff like professional shit. No, I don't use. I don't edit my photos. Like, yeah, not on an iPad. I mean, I do like. I do do a lot of work on it. Like for uh, like there's this fresco program that's pretty good. And I just fuck around on that a lot. And, and that I do use with my kid. Cause she kind of goes off on stuff. What is What is the fresco? What, what fresco? is the fresco program? This sounds like one of Jason's little restaurants. <laughs> it's like, an, it's like, an, 
Sounds like how I'm gonna get a new start with the future of my tax break. That's a cool joke. Um, do you bring that to e- Do you bring that to Equinox? <laughs> Is that your Knox joke? I throw it up. I, I watch Succession on the Stairmaster with my with my iPad Fresco. My fucking Fresco on my jug. <laughs> my jug. I'd be jugging. I'd be jugging at Equinox. That that is okay. So it's a it's a it's a painting app. So you can just you can with the pen or with your finger or how do you do it? Yeah, with this pen. Okay, you know you're a pen and guy. your finger and your finger. I've used the pen before and I was shocked at the accuracy. Like it's really good. It's so good. It's really good. Yeah, it's stupid. I, I don't want to make this a you know a, <laughs> Tech like talk? an apple. You don't want to make this a keynote presentation. I don't want to make this the keynote. You've you've already you've made you you made enough you've made enough money off Apple. I'm sure we don't need to advertise. I've never worked you know, for Apple. I've never worked for them. We'll make some calls. Yeah, call call your friends. <laughs> call Tim. Say what's up. Call call Tim. Call Tim. See what Chris he's met up to. Tim at a recent GQ party, so I'm sure he can pull some strings. Did you him. meet him there? Just send over your portfolio. No, Jason was at the same party. I didn't. They don't let me anywhere near Tim Apple. No. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Will Welch was gatekeeping. Oh my god. <laughs> And and I was like when I first walked in and I saw he was there I was like yo the security must be bananas at this party like, that's what I, that was my first question presidential level we talked about this I think there was like one I think there's it's it is presidential level in the sense that there's like one guy that you see yeah. and there's five guys you don't see and the whole place you know, has is got the vibe. stuff everywhere and surveillance and we're all like you know everything's being filmed and whatever I mean fine. I I wonder I don't care I wonder because I guess he is I mean he's got to be top five. I don't know. I mean, he's. I. I can't. Dis, I. I know he's really powerful, but at the same time, like I, I don't know. I, I don't think of him that way. He's chill. But I guess right? he's got to be protected. Yeah, he was. I mean, yeah, the fact very that he was there, he seems very chill. But was like, if I'm if I'm a if I'm in the business of kidnapping motherfuckers, he's high on the list. You know what <laughs> or I mean? just destroying shit, or just disrupting shit. You just be like, ah, <laughs> yeah. we fucked up. We fucked up this GQ party with Tim. Fuck, it was a, he's done. <laughs> Yeah, even sim- even He's if you're done. simply a disruptor in the industry. That party, you know what? I'm not also not going to smoke too much of people's butt, but that was like, I, I was dreading that event, you know, and I love Will and I love, I've known him since he was an intern at the theater. Wow. And, but I was, I had fun and I was not expecting to have fun. I was like, oh God. Oh, I had fun too. No, we talked about it. I had fun too. And we I, did, right? All right. Yeah. Right. I went to the, I went to the, actually I went to visit. So my buddy owns that building and i went to go visit it yesterday oh wow and it's he's turning it into this whole thing it's like it's gonna have offices and a hotel and a pool and the whole thing but being in there without anything going on yeah is insane because it's the old aig building so it's like and they kind of just like left you know what i mean it feels a little bit like left a bunch of boxes with papers in them and stuff like that you go into like rooms and there's just giant tvs and teleprompters and desks and chairs and they left all the stuff so it was like a it's an eerie kind of blown out but that floor where the party was they just kind of demolished it and and put that carpet down and built the stage and that's where the that's where the event was it was really awesome i know it's a good use of the space how do you own that build how do you end up owning that building that's a great that's a great question jason (laughs) i don't i don't you know i don't ask the tough questions in those situations because i'm more there as a uh just a observer. kind of an innocent bystander yeah, yeah yeah exactly he doesn't want to ruffle any feather I'm, I'm here to take photos from my tumblr and get in and get out yeah i don't ask any <laughs> yeah, questions exactly i'm here to get in Do and you get still out post a tumblr are you a tumblr guy i post a tumblr every day yeah so every day cool. all the time that's yeah. cool i think it's 
I just don't like, I just find it to be really simple to use. That's really what it is. It's just the easiest thing to use. Yeah. Kind of like an iPad. Do you look at it all the time or do you just like dump it? It's like an iPad. <laughs> no, but I've said this before. I don't, I dump it, but I've said this before. I think that I've gone through phases where kind of like end of the year, you know, with some downtime, I'll scroll back pretty far and yeah. I can, I, I can go exactly, I, I can go mentally to exactly where I was So cool during the times. That's great. You know, it's, it's, I, I don't, and it really works. In it really works. Juxtaposition to Instagram. Like what's the relationship to that? Cause Instagram's just a dumb. There's no, there's no feedback. Like Tumblr is literally just me yeah. talking to myself sure. and people see it, of course, but there's no, there's no comments. There's no light. I mean, there is, but it's not as part of the, ex it's not part of the experience in the same way. I think. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Jason, I was, I was listening to a podcast that you appeared on about five years ago. Um, you, you are actually talking about this and it was kind of interesting to hear because it was just five years ago, 2018, but so much has changed on social media since then in your world of photography since then and you were saying like it's crazy instagram has almost started to replace my tumblr as like a place to use as my like portfolio for my work mm. it was right when like photography and photographers started using instagram seriously as their main portfolio of work mm. and you were talking about how pre that you would use instagram for your like weirdo fucked up just kind of random pictures and then you were starting to re remove those and replace them with images of you know models and celebrities that people will like and love more so uh you know how much how much do you think your opinion on all that stuff has changed in the last five years i thought this was the first podcast i ever did <laughs> but that's number one like i don't remember that and i mean i i think it's still like early instagram was a dump yeah. in a fun way you know like and people weren't clocking you and obviously we know how it is now i mean it's like it's also kind of i just don't play it the way that I think some people do. I'm very hesitant to sort of play it. I like stories like, you know, whatever garbage stories. Yeah. But it's also, it does have some, I do use it more for work than I would prefer. It's just how the nature, the nature of the business goes. Yeah. I'm not going to fight it. And I don't do it a lot. I don't, I, I feel like at most I'll post one or two posts about a thing that I did, you know? And then it's also like, you have to clean it up all the time. I feel like you're always like going back and being like, all right, I can get rid of this now. It lives on a website or it lives on my agent site. Pruning. So it's not really, yeah, I'm pruning that thing constantly. So it's, it's weird because what's the future of it, right? Like what's the, where's it going to go? Is it just going to be this? I mean, you know, do websites ever come back with much relevance? I don't know. Like for, I mean, for photography, do, does photography have relevance after, you know, you can throw, <laughs> throw a couple of my images into AI, you know, whatever company I've in the past, they have all my images. They can be like, we want a picture like this. And they just dump it in there and like type it up. I mean, you know, is that the future of that thing? I don't know. Yeah, you're definitely, you're definitely fucked, but I mean, we'll, you know, but also <laughs> I, 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 th I think the same thing for what, what, what we do, we have hundreds and hundreds of hours of us talking and anyone can type that into a computer and, and AI can have a podcast, the perfect podcast with our voices saying every single word in the world. Is that true? They can do that, right? Like, I mean, they're doing it. With music. Oh, abs yeah. Absolutely. If, if there's enough reference material, you know, like Howard Stern or yeah. like any people who have just yeah. said every single word for decades, you know, like you can just upload that person and type it in, you know, Eminem or Jay-Z, any of these people, and you can have them say whatever you want perfectly so crazy I, uh, I, so yeah we're all we're all kind of fucked yeah 
Exactly. But I, and then again, we'll see more will be, more will be revealed as they say. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing that just happened with the, with the Drake weekend song. Like they created this Drake weekend yeah. song. It got like 300,000 streams before they took it down because people thought and it it's was- better than any Drake song that's come out in, the, in a number of years. Ah. Is the problem. <laughs> that, yeah. So it's either like you either wanted to hear it for the novelty of it, or you thought it was real, but either way, like that's UMG, like universal had to go in and like, that's get nuts. it removed yeah. and the same the same thing can happen with your photography though jason because you can have some super fan random person on you know in zimbabwe for all you know and they're gonna be like i miss the old nosito when he did stuff like this Damn. you know he sucks now but <laughs> he you know in 2019 he was sick and i like his early stuff and they're gonna be like create artwork just like this from his best era in my opinion and that could take off and become huge you know yeah and that could be good for your career you know what it's never taken off and become huge so i don't think anytime <laughs> in the future it's ever gonna take we're, we're still waiting we're still okay. waiting we're still <laughs> waiting. but you know what i've also had a blessed i've also had a blessed uh like i've you know like i've been really fortunate to get to huh. i have fun i like you know whatever i hope it doesn't go away because i love it still somehow are you grateful that as somebody who is a image maker that you're able to just post images that you've made versus having to post images of your of yourself on social media <laughs> i mean i did i think first the first wave of my instagram was a lot of selfies right well well we don't call them when we're for, professional shutter bugs don't call them selfies jason they're called self-portraits self-portraits <laughs> it's true yeah like lee freelander yeah exactly i was gonna say there's there's a lot of great I references was definitely here inspired by yeah lee freelander um, <laughs> but uh yeah, it's cool to teach you something actually on this show jason it's awesome yeah like i'm open i I've never, I, I'm open to learning. I'm, I'm still open to learning. <laughs> well, you, I mean, look, you started in a time where, you know, the, 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 the Instagram was not even part of the conversation. Obviously it was like, you had to bring the book with the photos printed to the meeting. Dude, I did that. I did that for, I dropped off my book at spin magazine from 1999 to 2003 before I ever got a call back. One time, um, the photo editor put a note and said, I like this picture in like 2001 and then i was like <laughs> oh, you know thanks, thanks for that feedback and i was like oh my god and that was just spin magazine not necessarily photography hub of the world and then i did my first job with them i shot afi in vegas and they hired me but i i was so broke i was so broke i had no credit card no my license was expired like and they they were like, how are you going to get to the shoot? I was like, I don't know. And they like had to, they were so annoyed when they said that thing, but it was sick. <laughs> and then I got on set and the, the manager was a fucking asshole. He's this guy, Steve Martin. He was the guitar player of Agnostic Front. Oh, Wait, shit. the guitar player from Agnostic Front managed AFI? I'm pretty sure. I might be, I'm, you know. No, I'm, no, that sounds right. I'm turning right. 50 I mean, in a month. But like, that's something that AFI would do to like keep it real. But he was a jerk to me, let alone, I'm sure I was like, filthy and smelled and he was like why is this guy like who is this guy <laughs> but he was being a jerk and then he forgot his bag in the back of the taxi when we went to the club and he lost all his shit and i was like well you should have been a little nicer <laughs> you know i thought yeah, you're gonna yeah. i thought you're gonna say he lost his bag in the cab 
I found it and got it back to him, and then he started liking me again. But instead, you're like, Karma's a bitch, dumbass. I wasn't that guy. I was like, you know, you happy bitch, now? Bro. See what happens when you're not nice to JC? See what happens when you're not nice, bro? You got to be nice. Be nice to everybody. And, um, but yeah, that was my first. Yeah, it was a different time. So, did you just take a, did you hitchhike to Vegas? How'd you get there with no. They bought me a flight. They bought me a flight. They had a pay for, you know, and I'm, you know, whatever. Was, was this pre 9 11? No, this is post 9 11. Okay, okay. 9 11 was like, it's funny. Like, I, I don't think it was very funny at all. No, it's not funny. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, just kidding, it doesn't just even matter. Who cares? 9 11 was fun. Were you guys in the city for 9 11 or are you guys too young for. I wasn't alive. Yeah, Jason's really. I was young. in Orange County. I was in Atlanta. Oh, I hadn't moved to New York yet. I was in Atlanta. Got it. And you were in New York when it happened, right? I was like squatting in this basement on 17th Street. And it, was, it wasn't a squat. But I was squatting, you know, and and I it was the first night. It was the first night I stayed there, and I had this little radio that I had from my childhood that I carried with me everywhere. And I listened to Howard Stern. It was like an alarm clock, and I was like a, a obsessive Howard Stern fan for most of my sure. up until the pandemic when he just you know I think it kind of like any good New Yorker, yeah. And so I woke up and it was like Howard Stern was talking about these things, like the towers a plane flew in. And I like was like, what the fuck? And I walked outside and watched the first building go collapse, Damn. you know? And it was it was surreal, man. It was like, I remember looking at everybody in the street just like crying and jets flying over and like whatever, you know? And I was like, what, what now? But like in a weird way, it was like all of like this new journey in my life. Like it was really, yeah, it was wild. I just don't, we've had a few people, I feel like we've talked to a few people that were in New York at the time and heard some crazy stories, but it's also like the, it's funny, like every year I feel like the photos surface from that, like the, I think there's a Tim Barber one that's yeah, like the same one for, that, I love Tim, but it's yeah, the there's, same one. There's a yeah. Tim, yeah, there's a Tim Barber one that comes up yeah. and then there's, I think there's like a, who's the there's one with jason dill in it Ooh, but he didn't take the photo it's like jason dill you're like it's like a young jason dill staring right at the camera and the fucking twin towers coming down behind him it's insane so fucking crazy and peter peter sutherland posts one yeah i mean those were like those were that was definitely a wild you know everybody knows that was a wild time I mean, I thought when the pandemic happened, I was like, oh, it's just going to be like, it's not going to be as bad as that, you know, like three years later. Did you stay, did you stay in the city? Did you stay in the city? So I had just like, you know, when I had a kid, I kind of went crazy in a good, like home building way, you know, and I had been looking in LA at houses for a long time, but I finally found a place in like May of 2019. So I bought a house there. Not sure if we were going to live there. But maybe we try to live there for a couple months. And my wife's a nurse, you know, and she took she had six months sabbatical. And so we eventually made our way out there. We we we've had our apartment in the city for a long time. And I was like, we can go stay at the house in LA and while this is happening, rather than renting a place and see what the vibe in LA is. So we did that. And it was October and like January came around and the apartment was done. And I was like, let's just ride it out. We're having a good time out here. It's fun. The weather, the weather, it's so nice, you know? And then I was like busy and like March, mid-March came and I got off a plane and got home and it was locked down. And I was like, all right, I guess we're going to stay for a while. And it was like July and we were both like, we have to get out of here because this is like, you know, LA, I, I don't know where you guys were, but LA for me was overwhelming in the way of like the quiet and like the insanity, like the helicopters and mm -hmm. the way that it, the homeless thing 
just like visually was like kind of, you know, and during the pandemic, all of that for me was just like, I just wasn't vibing it. And I think I had been there. <laughs> where is this? Hold on. Where is this house? First of all, what neighborhood are we talking about? In between Echo Park and Silver Lake. Okay. So yeah, it's like sure, sure. Coronado. Is it done? Is this house? So you like lived in this house? We lived in or it's it. Not and then, no, it's not done. We lived in it. And then um, <laughs> for the next year, I was like, well, people are not going to fly me out here you know, to work. So I like, I kept it for that year. You know, I was like, and I'd go back and forth. I'd be in LA for two weeks. I'd be back home for a week. I'd go to LA for a month. It was like that vibe, you know, when things started like opening up a little bit for work. But at the same time, I asked my friend, you want to live with me? Like, so I got a roommate, you know, 48 year old dude with a roommate. <laughs> and like, and then like, you know, a year went by and I was like, all right, like, wait a minute, there's another person living here now. And like, you know, and there's another person with him living here now. And I was like, and my kids starting to notice I'm gone all the time. Like, maybe I should like switch it up. And I just like, You're like who ate my, who ate my yogurt? It was like, <laughs> yeah, a real, yeah, exactly. I was like, who the fuck ate my granola? Why do you eat all my peanut butter, man? <laughs> but I was like, no, nah, li- literally my kids started having, like, we, I started noticing like, she was having a hard time and yeah, partly my fault for not like being like, all right, I'm going to be gone for 10 days, you know? And I, I <laughs> and she would be like, every time you leave, I think you're like, when we figured it out, she started te- crying and, and she was like, every time you leave, I think you're going to be gone forever. And I was like, all right, I have somebody to think about in a different way now. Daddy's going to go hang out with Ariana Grande for 10 days. Okay. <laughs> have fun. Yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna be go, good to your mommy. Me and the Kim Leroy are going to the, you know, the beach today. <laughs> <laughs> sweetie do you know sweetie do you know who the kid Leroy is he has a big song with justin bieber he has a big song you'll love it you'll love it um, but which is not true i don't think she likes Leroy. i love Leroy, but i'm not sure she's a fan she likes like 100 gecks she likes 100 gecks that's her jam well, how old is she your child you're this is a small child i see you with a stroller she's four and a half gonna be four and a half in a couple of months yeah but she's I mean, like, hunter gex is music for four-year-olds it, it does really, kind of it cuts it, it cuts out as the kids say it hits it hits it's a visceral it reaction Un- unfortunately 100 gex is something that i should really hate on paper but i so i don't good. listen to it but i i appreciate it's it i so like good. think it's good but i also I think may have the worst taste I like everything, but I might have the worst taste. I mean, I listen to emo rap, like <laughs> what, what kind of Suicide what? Boys. You listen to Suicide Boys? I love Suicide Boys. My wife, <laughs> like at first, I was like sus, and then I was talking to my friend Kelifa, and I, he, he was making fun of me because I was like, "What about the Suicide?" He's like, "I can't listen to that," you know. And I was like, "Bro, it's good." And then we went to go see, and then we went to go see it live, and I was like, "Pretty good," you know. <laughs> Good show. I watched. I watched them on the on the. I watched them on the on the Coachella live stream, and I literally texted my Jason, being like, "Bro, what the fuck? Like, I don't. Yeah. I didn't know it was like yeah. that. I didn't know they looked like yeah. this. The lo- basically, yeah. Suicide Boys look like if Insane Clown Posse hired you to CD them. Is kind of what the vibe is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's definitely like I'm not going to deny it, but but also a couple weeks ago we went to go see Show Me the Body. Yeah, like I would grow up into hardcore, like. First show was like Bad Brains and Leeway in like 1990, 1988 or something like that. 86? I don't know. He's legit. Bro, I'm legit. I'm old school. <laughs> Bro. I mean, first show being Bad Brains and Leeway. Yeah, that's first about show as, being bad. Uh, yeah, that's, that's about, about as, as new as Joel Codcore as it gets, bro. Warzone, Leeway, Bad Brains, SNFU at the Ritz in 86. <laughs> 
Dude, and it was yeah. insane. I'm a big war. I'm a big insane. Warzone guy, actually. And I, I are you? I, oh yeah, big Warzone guy. I love Warzone. And I, but a lot of that, some of that stuff I didn't like. I don't know why Warzone connected with me. So bad. It's so bad. Something. Oh, it's awful. No, it's awful. I mean, it's it's crazy. <laughs> now, were you were you ever were you ever straight edge? Oh yeah, no? I was straight edge from thirteen to sixteen. You know, and like. Mm-hmm. Before that wasn't straight edge, I got high really young. You know, like I started using when I was like nine years old. Nine years, nine years old. Started using what? Ninja Turtles? Yeah, yeah I had, I had a kind of strange upbringing. Uh, I have like my like my dad had nine kids in the end, and like maybe ten. Okay. You know, we don't know. And then, um, but you know, I grew up in sort of a feral situ. You know, like kind of okay. And my mom worked at a bar, so it was a little bit like. There was that kind of situation. Everything going was on. everything was available. Everything was available. Exactly. Everything was available, and like, um, and I just landed on you know something early. And then by the time I was like thirteen, I had probably, I had probably, I had gotten kicked out of middle school and like to put into this crazy publicly funded school that who was the guy who was running the school had embezzled all the money. He was embezzling all the money, so you choked to the school. There was like no books, and the teachers were like, there was like vagueness. Like I remember, like in the, Florida, one of the teachers looking back. Yeah, one of the teachers looking back. Like she had a black eye when she came in one time, and she always smelled like of alcohol. And you were always like, but I went there and I was like kind of into drugs and partying, and, and then I met this straight edge dude, and I was like, fuck this, I'm straight edge, and went straight edge. You got into hardcore. I was into punk before that. Hated metal. <laughs> Still kind of do. I still, I still hate metal. I still hate metal too. I mean, you pussies. Straight, ed- straight edge was so appealing at that. Straight edge was so appealing at the time. I think for for like totally, you know, for many reasons, obviously. But I think it like yeah, like stylistically, musically, like it was like a whole thing. And like also, I always wanted to connect to people. But the weird thing about being straight edge, I mean, I wasn't a great. I wasn't. I didn't have the tools to connect. I wasn't mm. really like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't. Didn't help me like. It didn't help me bond with any other people. So, like, being straight edge didn't get you laid, is what you're I, saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even, or even, like, yeah, exactly. It didn't get me any more friends. I'll put it to you that way. You didn't have, you didn't experience any bonds of friendship. <laughs> I didn't bond. Uh, I didn't bond with a lot of the people. And then within a few years, I was back at it, you know, and it was like, <laughs> it was like kind of like, it was like, what? fall off the cliff and it was like it wasn't like a gradual yeah, it was like, eh, yeah. you know uh, like. i went from straight edge i went straight into cocaine which is kind of my claim to fame i didn't drink i didn't even drink for six months <laughs> just did raw dog just raw dog coke um for six months which is kind of rough it's just so strange to think about now but yeah. but i don't i mean that once everybody got to that age though it's i mean now of course i know plenty of fucking lifers i know plenty of guys my age yeah. and your age that are still straight edge you know what i mean but it's yeah. but it's still the same yeah you know and it's a strange i'm i needed to have that 10 years of fucking up before i had to get sober but i i did i i can't imagine being the 50 year old guy in the construction gloves i needed like 30 years or 20 or whatever it was you know <laughs> just like I, I need a good 30 this isn't unmanageable i don't have a place to live or you know like living in that kind of like <laughs> that sure big well, were you able, were you able, but you were, you were pretty, you were getting it done like work-wise. Well, not for a long time, but I think in that place that I was living uh, in that basement, the thing that kind of like made, put a fire under my ass is 
it was like this guy like i had no place to live like eventually what happened is somebody that was working on the top floor cut slid his wrist and jumped out the window and landed outside my window right and then and then they had to drag the body through this room that they didn't know was a bedroom when they came through and they destroyed everything in my room because they had a break in and it was really gnarly and at that point like it was pretty my life it had hit another a, a, a different bottom and i stopped using sort of hard drugs at that time and just like yeah. you know kept it light you know cali sober cali <laughs> not cali sober but like you know not you know whatever new and york so, new york sober is just is just whiskey and cocaine actually that's what we call exactly. it exactly yeah whiskey <laughs> I, and, I smoke cigarettes and i huff a little paint but that's about that's all yeah <laughs> And then like <laughs> that that turned it around a little bit and I like was like I gotta make a living and be able to have a place to live. Like I can't do this anymore. And, yeah. And like it coincided with little things happening in my career, but like I didn't make a I didn't really make I didn't get solid till about two thousand five. And then then I'm I, I had met my wife in two thousand three in Vancouver with Tim Barber. He actually is a re, you know, like <laughs> probably I owe him half my life, but like I was out there living with him because I was like kind of trying to figure out what to do. And we drove back cross country. But when I was out there, it was my birthday. And I, she just like came up to me and was like, took me home, you know? And I was like, whoa. Took one look at you and said, I could fix him. I could fix <laughs> I this motherfucker. I had a Nausea t-shirt on. I was wearing my, my Nausea t-shirt. She was like, yeah, Nausea. And I'm like, really? Wow. I, think this is the, I think this is maybe the first time I've ever heard of a woman approaching a man because of a Nausea t-shirt. So yeah, congratulations. Nausea shirt has never gotten anyone laid. Well, it turns out years <laughs> got me laid, man. Like, for real. Got me, you know. Married, you know, got me like married for 20, you know, however long we've been together. We've been together a long time and like we've built this life together and it's like kind of, yeah, it's like life beyond my wildest dreams. But like, you know, Tim and then I went back there in 2005 and that's kind of when my career started. Like when I started doing stuff with Phil at the Fader in 2005 for real, mm -hmm. that was when I was like trying to. That was when I was carving out a, a thing a little bit that was not yeah. like somebody else maybe. You know? the, fa the fader, the fader was a big. I mean, the fader was a big feeder. I mean, the fader was known. I mean, <clears throat> we would always joke about the fader because it was like so they bad. had a white guy on one cover and a black guy on the other cover. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. always the move. But for but photography wise, it was like pretty ahead of its time and like kind of. It seemed like it let people cook a lot more than other publications I mean, I got during lucky. that era. I connected with that guy Phil bicker who i you know the first time i went in i brought him my book he was like looked at it, he was like not interested thank you and then <laughs> at that point i had started taking pictures of one of my younger siblings in long island he had gotten kicked out of my dad's house and was living with all these kids and playing in a band and i was like sending phil things every week and he was he got into it you know like and and then he like gave me a portrait and then he gave me this and then i was in vancouver for the first time hanging out with my girl and he called me. He's like, you want to go shoot Cat Power in Miami? And I was like, yeah, for the cover? And I was like, yeah, I do. And I flew straight to Miami Sick. and almost died because I think, you know, we almost drank. Like, she, I, we drank a bottle of whiskey. And then she was like, oh, just take a Xanax for sleep. <laughs> and I was like, on, you know, woke up, you know, on her floor, you know, vomiting. And she was vomiting. In the, you know, it was like. Damn. It was gnarly, but then went out and took some really beautiful pics right after Hurricane Katrina. That was like post Hurricane Katrina, and then um, and that was kind of the beginning to me. That shoot was like the beginning of people being like, "Oh, 
you're not just a ripoff of so-and-so, you know, like <laughs> you're not just ripping off that thing, you know, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, and then, and then whatever, it's been like a long journey since then, like here I am on your podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah. You were the first pod. You've, yeah. You really made it now. <laughs> no, but I think that that, I just think that like, also, I mean, just even, even being flown to Miami to shoot something is, is like, that barely happens anymore. You know what I mean? That like barely happens anymore at a certain level, obviously like it does for you. Um, But I think that that era of like, we're going to hire a 25 year old and send him down there and like, let him just do his thing is a little bit. I feel like these creative directors are are overstepping. I feel like everybody just wants a hand in it. It was like wild. I would just show up to little Wayne's house and his manager would be like, all right, come on up, you know, and little Wayne would just be waking up, putting his shirt on and be like, you know, you can never do that. Like, I remember when the, the hard switch happened. It was like, I had shot Odd Future in 2010, kind of before they blew up. Within a year, social media had kind of picked up. They were doing the New Yorker piece that Kay wrote, and I shot them for that. And I saw this, like, change, like, this dynamic. And then the next year, it was like, later that year, I think I shot it for Spin, and it was even more like... yeah. Those kids had control. Like, yeah, I think that... I mean, I think that's... The, it, it happens with... It's the same thing with with kind of writing now as well it's like the time of you spending like two days with the subject and like you know they're living at the chateau marmont and you're living there too and you're going out to dinner and you're going out to like it's just basically like you got 20 minutes chief get what you can (laughs) is now the new is now the new way of doing it and i just think it's or or you got 20 minutes chief here's what you're going to shoot yeah 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 which i which i also don't mind because like at the end of the day like I just did a thing with Will Uzi Vert for a magazine. Maybe I shot, you know, 30 minutes total, like in the time that we had him for, we waited for him for 10 hours and he came <laughs> to set for five, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but it was worth every, it was worth every minute because I got, I've gotten down that thing. Like, yeah, just like whatever happens. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's the picture. That's like, like the, the, the cost that you pay yeah. in order to shoot arguably the most interesting looking celebrity in the world alive right now literally yeah you're gonna have to wait 10 hours for them to show up and it's gonna be worth it it's totally like one the first picture i got i was like well that's worth it i don't need to do anything else like, <laughs> we're good we got you know. <laughs> all right we're good we can go home we can go on home guys we're good yeah we, got- we can go home it's chill he looks so insane he looks insane, like how do you not want to just constantly shoot him but he's also like the most beautiful person like you you kind of like don't realize it but he's like yeah. probably one of the most beautiful people out there no he's also know? very he's also like really sweet and like kind of innocent feeling in this way that like totally i was so surprised like i've i've met him a few times through work stuff and i was always surprised at how like he's just like nice and pretty normal well considering what he looks like i mean he did walk up <laughs> and he had blood running down his face talked real quiet i'm ready and I was like, like, great, stand there. <laughs> All right, cool. So do you Next. think the do you think the blood was part of the look, or do you think the blood was like honestly, like it's so interesting. Like I think in general, like the way people live on the internet these days, they have a million different references for what they're going to do. You know, they just pull yeah. from all these things. Like he had a Gigi Allen T-shirt that he had made. <laughs> you know, like I, I was like. I got the Gigi Allen bobblehead and he's like, I got the Gigi Allen bobblehead too. And I was like, I got both of them. And I was like, you know, I was like, but they're just like, I kind of felt like it was a weird reference to the Andrew WK pick by Roe or something, you know, like in his mind, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but who knows? He probably doesn't know who that is. He probably just saw a picture of somebody like that. And he was like, I'm going to do that. Yeah. You know, and it looks sick. But, but ju- I mean, he's the, he's the only popular rapper alive right now who even knows who Gigi Allen is, let alone <laughs> is taking the time to buy bobbleheads <laughs> on eBay. To buy a bobblehead and make his own t-shirt. Like, he's like, I'm making a Gigi Allen t-shirt. And it said P, P- asterisk and kd you know it was like such a weird that is so weird i mean i think that but that's the that's the thing though i think that like those guys it's so much about like it's so aesthetic based it's like it doesn't even matter what the music sounds like none of that matters it's like i like the way this looks and my fans don't know what this is and i'm gonna run with it like i like it for now and that's all that matters it's out there freedom looks sick yeah Yeah. he looked sick i mean he looked like it was it was epic. So yeah, I mean, like when it comes to photo your assignment world, you know, that I live in a little bit, you know, any which way it goes is kind of cool because as long as you can make a picture within that little I mean, you don't need a lot of pictures. Let's face it. I think we take a lot of pictures probably, but you don't need a lot. Yeah. Um you need you need one or two winners and we're good. Yeah, one pick. All right, cool. Literally one. Yeah. No, that's when I got this I got this like um automatic medium format camera for fun the six four five zi yeah that my friends yeah that my friend suggested to me and i'm like this changed my life and he was like watch what happens you're gonna think 36 pictures is is so many like it's so unnecessary once you once you get once you go from from what like is it 12 or whatever you know 12 on that camera or something it's, like that? it's like 16 it's like 16 yeah but it's still so much less and he's like think about 36 37 pictures on 35 millimeter feels like an eternity now yeah. Like it feels so, it feels like you can't burn it fast enough. Like, oh, I got to burn this roll. It's a nightmare. Yeah. It literally feels like that. I know. I mean, I'm not like a camera nerd, you know, I like have every camera possible, you know, like yeah. film, digital, like I love all of it, but I got rid of my ZDI a long time ago. I don't remember what I did with it. I just, <laughs> you said, I t- maybe, maybe I, I bought it, it to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I think, you bought it. <laughs> I think the gear, the gear thing's always fun because I think that like people, think that's really the trick you know and it's like and we joke about it because jason and i play tennis and people want to talk about like rackets and shit and i'm like guys none of us are good enough for that to matter what's your string tension <laughs> yeah it's like dude it doesn't matter and this i think when people are like what film do you use what camera i'm like that does not matter that is not what the job is no like that is not the skill that we're talking about no no not that not for the job it matters in like the every camera has a different sure feel or like you know, Pentax six seven. You know, Contax G two. They all have real RZ. I can tell anybody that's using the RZ. I can like look at the pen and be like, look at they're just using that dumb camera that like <laughs> I personally have never loved. I have hated forever. You know, but but yeah, like it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. You know, if you're really making stuff, I guess it gives people. I think some people just like stuff. It's like musicians who fucking love guitars; they just like stuff. Yeah, it's also, it's also very. I know you're a basketball fan. It's the same thing as like, oh, as soon as I buy these Lebrons, I'll be able to. Dude, I'm gonna dunk. I'll be drafted be in the NBA <laughs> by the end of the day. I'm gonna be drafted. I'm gonna dunk. <laughs> I'm gonna dunk, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna dunk. <laughs> I have you guys. Do you guys like basketball? You guys like basketball? Uh, I don't really care. I mean, I'll watch the playoffs. We we like it, but we don't keep up with it with the feverish. Uh, interest that you might can you dunk that I can't dunk I can't even dribble <laughs> I can barely dribble bro I can barely dribble really? the ball. I can't shoot no I'm not like an athlete I'm a I guess no that's not true because like photography is kind of an athletic <laughs> okay <laughs> 
thing. It right. is. It is. This guy. The way I do it. The way I do it. The squatting. The squatting alone. I get it. Squatting. Weird angles. It's like boxing meets like. I don't it's tight. Bro, I see you, motherfucker. I, th- I see. I see you, motherfuckers. You guys sit on Apple boxes, bro, with your legs crossed. Don't act like. Don't sometimes. Act like, sometimes. Like you guys are. Sometimes. D- you're not wearing a weighted vest to shoot little Uzi. Bird. Sometimes, bro. I got like so many cameras hanging off me, bro. <laughs> Uh, no, did you did you ever play basketball or you just like to watch? I just like to look at numbers, to be honest. Like at the end of the day. Oh, really? Yeah. Like you're a sports better? Not never have bet anything in my life, but I played fantasy for the past 10 years. And that it's just like I'll watch the playoffs and I'll watch some games during the season. I used to go to more games, but really I just like watching my fantasy numbers like move and fail and go up and like it's not. I would say that's where I'm at with it now um, for a while. I mean, and I love individual players. Like, that's the other thing. I don't really have a team. No, I think that's the way to do it. And I think that's the way a lot of people are yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Like my brother, I have a twin brother. I'm, I'm super tall. I'm like 6'9". I have a twin brother who's like six feet. And you didn't get stuck playing basketball? Like, they didn't. They weren't like, no. you are going to play in the NBA. I, I In high school, I appeared so unathletic that the coaches didn't even bother asking if I'd like to try out. <laughs> <laughs> I, that makes no his, sense. his his mid his midsection said everything um no he it was below the belt i was wearing a primus hoodie in eighth grade yeah. trying to hide from girls and they're like yeah he's not really gonna we're not. but which era which era of primus frizzle fry or yeah frizzle fry okay okay Okay. Frizzle Fry, maybe guys, a little sailing the seas. Okay. But that's not going to get okay. any attention from anyone except for a guys, guy who Primus, sells bong. Primus, sucks, Primus is guys. one of the worst. I mean, whatever. It's not for me. I'm not going to say anything. So. Like when you're 13 <laughs> it's not for me. and you, you just got into bass guitar, yes. Primus is pretty sick. Did you guys play in bands? That's true. There's no one else. That's yes, true. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I was in a I was in a a hardcore band, of course. As a vocalist, uh, I can't play any instruments. But Atlanta was a big Atlanta was like a big big hardcore town growing up. It was a very Sick. popular, <laughs> um, which it's still it, it's still. I don't know if you feel this, but we talk about this sometimes on the show. How like you know, once I move on from something, I kind of feel like it's over. Yeah, you know. And now it's like hardcore is bigger than it ever has been, and people are sending me all these new bands yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and it's it's just I and they're good. You know, like I listen so to them, like yeah, this is good. But it's tough for me. I just don't have the. I really do think like the teenage angst plays a part in what I'm able to listen to on a daily basis. Oh, that's funny. I like. I, I'm sort of the opposite when it comes to that. Like when it's new and it's good, I'm all in. You know, like I'm like, yeah, that show me the body show. Like I listen to them, but seeing them live and the optics of the whole thing and how insane yeah. the scene was and how much stage, you know, like the whole. The presence of that show like i was like well sign me up for this and then listening sure. to the record it, it changed the whole record to me and it changed the way they sounded yeah you know? um like i said i like bad music like <laughs> you know like when the new the new wave of emo started popping off for me in 2015 modern baseball kind of came to town yeah. and i saw their first show basement irving plaza I was like, this is better than anything before, you know, like, and it's just, <laughs> this, you is, know, this is it. This is it. This is the best. This taking back Sunday. Who, you know, like, whatever. Well, Jason on, on the, on the subject of, of maybe original legacy nineties emo bands, you got, you got to pick one desert Island nineties emo band, Ooh. maybe play at your wedding or something like that. Who's it going to be Ooh, from the real era, you know, from the real era. 
Ooh, American football? Is it going to be an American football? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're one of those guys. Okay, you're an American football guy. Or Jawbreaker? Is it Jawbreaker? Like, if you're going to go back to the 80s, like 88, when I got the first Jawbreaker 7-inch at Bleager Bob's and like kind of like was like, okay, yeah. maybe this is it. You know, maybe this is the yeah, thing. I mean, Jawbreaker is legendary. It's so weird. I was never, I was never Jawbreaker jawbreaker pilled i'm more of a texas is the reason sunny day real well, estate guy. sunny day like i can get on sunny texas i could not because i think at that point I was what do like, you mean you could what do you mean awful what's the problem and painful <laughs> seeing them live was the problem like watching them i was like what is going on yeah they're kind of they're kind of swagless my they girlfriend swagless. The, yeah my girlfriend at the time was into it i was like this is awful where, where do you land on promise ring mm, never really was a big promise ring guy yeah i understand that i understand what about that. tim Kinsella's first band like captain jazz yeah like i can roll with that i was i was pretty in i was pretty into captain jazz yeah, captain jazz classic yeah classic i also think a lot of that stuff i mean all that polyvinyl stuff from that era looks so cool like it's interesting to look back at all that and see how ahead of its time it was, like design wise. It really had like a lang totally. language to it, and, and in a cool way, not like yeah. Victory Records way. You know what I mean? Well, slow down, as, slow down, slow down. The, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You know what I mean? Like design wise, it like looked like yes. some. It looked cohesive. Let me say that. Yeah, it was. It was artistic. It yeah, was, it, it was. Fit, it fit. It fit in with the. Uh, it was very graphic design centric, you know. Everybody was going to Rhode Island, <laughs> but I'm literally wearing a Blade shirt right now, like, you know, whatever. Drain gang, you guys are too old for this drain gang stuff. I'm sorry it's to tell bad. you, dude. I went to go see Wickaface on Saturday night mm -hmm. in this weird club with my wife. It was date night. Our kid was home with the grandparents, <laughs> and he played the first part of his set. He played all new songs for like 20 minutes and then he started in with the j old jams and song three uh, somebody like all of a sudden like it seems like a fight's breaking out and we look over and he stops and then the bouncer is dragging this kid out like walking him out and the kid just falls flat on his face club kind of clears out a little bit my wife jumps in and starts giving the kid mouth to mouth Whoa. and the kid Whoa. is not breathing you know totally out on the floor all of a sudden she's like yelling for narcan gives the kid two narcans wakes Whoa, him up dude. Oh it was God. fucking insane show show shut down like i have pictures of the kid like waking up uh, and i felt like thank god you know and then the show ended and uh but that's what happens in emo shows man you never know you just never that is know. not what happens in emo shows people people overdose on on like hugs at emo shows i don't know if he was even high like we don't even know like it just he might have it was so hot inside he might have just been so depressed that the narcan kind of woke him up out of his funk <laughs> yeah he was i don't know like, dude it was really sad but it was it was wild to see that's wild i thought time. narcan i thought narcan only worked if you like needed it to work Did, does that make sense like I like I asked my wife about it and she said it doesn't matter if you give Narcan to somebody like if they haven't used drugs like it doesn't affect them in yeah. a bed like that's what she had mentioned oh, I but, see I see okay, but okay I see whatever it was like whatever the combination of things she had done to like get that kid to wake up he woke up and that's amazing hopefully he's okay we kind of left she her adrenaline rush was pretty high in the car right home of course you yeah. know I saw something I saw I saw something like this recently and and like where like a doctor or nurse just like kind of comes, you know, something happens on the street and all of a sudden they just snap into it. And I'm, I, it literally just makes me think about how it was wild. How worthless. I am like how, how worthless <laughs> oh my God. I am. I know we're like <laughs> podcasting, talking about me. And I, 
this and I this is what it's like to shoot rappers. Yeah, yeah but, but you're, you're like married a, to somebody who does that, so you, you kind of see that juxtaposition every day. A life of service. Yeah, she like literally lives a life of service for people. Yeah. Like, I mean, I that, that just reminds me of those memes where somebody's like, is there a doctor here? And like your wife is literally giving somebody CPR, mouth to mouth, Narcanning, and you're like, I'm a street style photographer. I'll shoot him. I'm like, what's if up? He, oh, I won't babe. publish them if he dies. If he lives, then I'll, of course, I'll shoot, you know. Then I'm, they're going to end up in, I remember that happened one time in like early Vice era, two, well, not probably early Vice era, but like 2002 or three, I, Jesse published some pictures of mine and some kid was passed out, I think, on the subway, but then. You know, I don't know. Maybe he died. I don't know what it was. Yeah. But then people that saw the pictures were like, you can't run those pictures. And Jesse called was like, bro, if anybody calls, like, just tell him like it, you didn't know. And, th- and I was like, all right, man. But it was, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I didn't know what. What's happening? Didn't know what. I don't know. It was. It I don't was know Halloween, what you're talking about, bro. Man. I was just. I just saw Jesse recently. Actually, we had a nice little catch up. Oh, cool! Um, right on. Love, lovely guy. Lovely guy. One of the greats, really. I mean, definitely like original Gen X. OG Gen X vibes to me. That's who I'm looking to spend my time with because there's nothing I want to be more than Gen X, but I'm off by a handful of years. You're off by a few months, right? Yeah. Well, Chris, the rich one, you want to spend time with the rich one. Yeah, just the rich ones. <laughs> only the ones that have made it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't want to, no, I don't want to talk to the losers. No, no, no. Only the ones that are cool and rich. Yeah. I caught the Gen X nihilism bug. So I'm good. I'm safe. We can hang. <laughs> I feel like you, you, do you hang out? Do you spend a lot of time? I mean, <laughs> besides the kid Leroy, do you spend a lot of time with young people uh, or are you around your peers? Funny. Like I have, so like I said, I'm, I'm a middle, I'm in the middle of these nine kids. So like yeah. my younger siblings are all in their twenties, you know, and they early thirties. Okay, okay. So like my sister lives a few blocks away. She's 24, you know? So yeah, I have like, young kids around my life you know like the guy that works for me is 28 he's on the cusp of what like gen z and gen and millennial um he's definitely a millennial cusp Mm -hmm. and uh so yeah i have young people around like i like to stay i like to stay connected man to all the to the youths (laughs) you know what are your now what are your younger siblings do they think you're a freak or no man they're cool like so like they all grew up in the city oh okay okay and so i was there i went to school at fit and then i went to parsons and kind of didn't graduate and then eventually graduated in like 2009 you know but i like went back to finish my degree when my wife moved here how how did you not become an artist you know yeah you didn't have a choice dude you didn't you didn't really have a choice there was not much else i mean like i got lucky dude like the guy in high school that got me into fit like saved my life kind of my painting teacher or my art, my photography teacher at the time, like literally was like, either I stay in Long Island and just become like a total, like just drink, drink and drive into, into a wall or something, you know, (laughs) or like go live at FIT, you know, like go to FIT and maybe you'll get live in the dorm. And then that kind of saved my life. You know? Yeah, that's I mean, that's like I think that I we've had a few, we've had a few like uh, professors and like teachers on before. And I'm always like, how often do you see somebody in one of your classes and you're like, they actually have it. And they're like, it's incredible. It's so rare. Yeah. Like it's incredibly rare for anyone to have skills that I, that I should actually push them to pursue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like really like, it's really hard. It's really rare. Like, yeah, it's true. And I, th- and I'm such a like cynic in that way where I'm like, did I have it? Or did I just like, you know, what is having? And it's like, I had the ability, I had the curiosity. Cause then I, when I got to FIT, like I got, I started working for this dance photographer. Like I, I almost couldn't afford to stay at FIT. And then 
the funny thing, like the week before I left school, my mom in the afternoon was kind of drinking and kind of drunk and we were hanging out and I was about to move into FIT. I found out that I'd gotten the dorm spot mm-hmm. and she told me this story about my, my childhood that I didn't know. Like I didn't realize my mom and dad were never married and all this other drama around it. Like I had thought I had grown up the first 18 years and thought they were married and got a divorce, like kind of traditional. Yeah. Yeah. But it like turned out there was a lot of other parts to that story sure, that I found sure, out, sure. which I probably didn't need to know. Cause it just fueled my anger even further <laughs> out into the world, like towards humanity. Probably didn't, I probably could have kept that to yourself. <laughs> you, you know, know you didn't, didn't really need to know. <laughs> yeah. Like right before I'm leaving, moving a few blocks from dad. So I don't, so now I really hate him and I kind of hate you. And like for now, and then I like got to FIT. And so, what that worked out for me because then we could apply for financial aid and because and say, Hey, we haven't been in touch with this guy financially. We have no support. And so FIT was paid for. And I ended up working for this photographer who lived on top of strand and he had this insane book collection. And he basically hired me to clean his house and the studio and the dark room. And when I wanted to take breaks, I could look at books. And so I had like this access to like 18 years old, and I had access to like every good photo book that like William Eggleston or Robert Frank or Stephen Chore, or anything at that time, he had it, you know? And I was like, you know, Winograd books. And I was like, okay, well, you know, here's my education, you know? And uh, it just opened me up. He like, you know, for better or worse, kind of changed my life too. So I had a couple, like after having kind of 18 years of kind of like strangeness, it got, it was, there's other stories that I probably should get into that happened there uh <laughs> so did you have to do the did you have to do the cleaning with your shirt off is that what you're kind of getting at or <laughs> you know what i mean like there was some grooming maybe going on there you know and that didn't it didn't end well did you clean all the lenses jason i cleaned all the lenses at the studio no nah, and he had four daughters like it was a cool there was cool things about being there and i worked in a studio i eventually started printing and i was a printer for a long time i was actually a black and white printer yeah probably from like 93 to 99 or 2001 was the last time I worked or 2003 was the last time I worked in a dark room for, for a living. And then that's when I started taking photos for not for commercial stuff. You know, I'd always been taking photos before that, but 2003, I think was the year that I really tried to hammer it out. And then, you know, still trying to figure it out. Like it's, it's <laughs> ever evolving, man. It's like ever changing and like staying in it is fun but it's like you're like what is it what is it now like what are we doing now like, no it's always no it's a moving target <laughs> it's know? a moving target as as are a lot of things in life yeah you know? as are a lot of things in life totally it seems like you're doing all the right things to stay on track though jason so far so good that's all i mean that's all we can do dude that's nah, all man can do. it's we like yeah, i'm lucky like i said at the beginning like you know and like again eight years ago like quitting you know drinking and, and all that kind of stuff like you know, I needed to do that to survive this, you know, like kind of, and also like open my life up to like this new chapter with this kid, which has been like, sort of like, I don't know, like makes everything else seem silly, you know, like hanging out with that kid makes everything else. Yeah. I don't want to get too sentimental about it, but maybe cut that out. No. <laughs> get rid of that part cut out the part where i said i like yeah my the kid. part where you said you love your daughter we're gonna need to lose that if you guys don't mind it's- we were in we were at an emo show this weekend i'm hard <laughs> but yeah no like literally like the my favorite thing is to like wake up to that kid screaming for her mom and then like 
tell me to get away you know get away <laughs> i think that's God, how it goes not you not i think you. that's how it goes for a lot of fathers yeah. um, and you're like babe you know the kids the kids said it you know you should probably go wake her up not me you know <laughs> you, you, you can take care of this i'll finish my coffee when we found out we were having a girl i was like well that's what i wanted because she's gonna love me and hate you you know, like it's like, <laughs> hasn't proven to be true yet, but um, this is the plan. Wait know. till she's a teenager; it'll happen. Yeah, yeah, you got time. Exactly, exactly. Jason, thank you for joining us on How Long Gone today. Um, and thanks uh, for having me. No, it was a pleasure, dude. It was a pleasure, and um, I'm sure I'll see you in your stroller uh, on the block soon. On the streets. On the streets. All right, I'll cool. see you soon, man. Appreciate it, Jason. Thanks again. See you in the future, guys. Thanks, man. Bye. Thanks, bro. No one